I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitrovia Bell London are delighted to announce an exclusive offer for all our listeners. Between May the 17th and June the 12th, you can enjoy a one-night stay for £80 or a two-night stay for £150. Both options include breakfast and a welcome drink. Bookings can be cancelled up to 24 hours before your stay and other terms and conditions apply, but to qualify you must follow the Twitter accounts of both A View From The Bullens and the Fitrovia Bell. Evertonians can also look forward to future personal rates for London away games and other events. Thank you. Hello and welcome to A View From The Bullens. With me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Michael Ball, Ben Winstanley, and Kevin Ratcliffe. Ballie, Everton won, Crystal Palace won. It's now one home winning eight. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, but the result really, really gutted, to be honest. Um, I've been looking forward to the game. We've had the international break. Probably too much football with this COVID going on and you know, just hoping we could turn the corner, go to St Park. And I thought the way we, we set up, um, in control for the majority of the game and we created a lot of chances and we just didn't have the quality to to, to finish the game off. Um, it's it's just one of them games, especially in the first half, just thinking I hope it's not going to be one of them nights where, you know, these these chances are going to come back and haunt you. And it, sadly to say it was. Um but when we got the goal, I just thought the lads could kick on and go and grab a second goal, a third goal, and and totally kill the game off. But unfortunately, once again this season, that good as some, we just haven't had that will uh, to go for it. Whether the, the, the substitutions with 20, 25 minutes give Palace a bit of a chance to go, well, we've got nothing to lose. Let's let's get at them a little bit. Um, and it just as you the more and more you're watching it, you just expect them Palace to get back into the game. Um, I, I felt when we made them substitutions, we still should have gone for that second goal. We did have our chance, but we could have created a bit more if we carried on pushing forward a little bit more. Uh, but I think you know, at the last 15 20 minutes, it baffled me really. I just think they thought it was too easy again. We had that sort of mentality that sort of keeps sneaking in and out into our club that we felt like was in control and you know we're going to win the game but yeah, we, we don't we never do it the easy way at all um, and I really just think it was the wrong decision I feel or the, the mentality changed the last 15-20 minutes that we should have just pushed on and tried to get that second goal to kill the game we, we sat back uh, we tried to play for possession football and you know, Palace got that belief that he can nick something which they did so you know really gutted about the whole performance every time again we uh, we, we get close to, to Europe top four a chance to sort of get close to the teams above us, we, we seem to let ourselves down and it's just really frustrating. Um, it's, it's not the first time it's happened this season. Um, see, the, the results seem to go forward this weekend and uh, we've we've let it slip again. Um, and 
and yeah, I'm just really down to be honest. I was just really, really gutted with the last 15 20 minutes. I just thought we really could have got at Palace again and made it difficult for them. But when we started playing the possession football, the substitutions came on that they weren't really up for it. Um, and you know, Zaha got into the game a bit more, and then they got their, their, their belief and they got back into the game. Um, and that's the mentality of field that we need to sort of get out of the club a little bit, you know. We, but the referee was a bit soft on our side. You know, we got two sort of easy bookings. Uh, they never really got anything. They were tough and physical, which they're going to be, but the referee sort of let it go. Uh, but you don't want to be looking at excuses. You've just got to look at yourself and your team and be a bit stronger and, and put more pressure on them. Um, I, just, I just felt, I keep on repeating myself, um, that last 15, 20 minutes, I just thought we still... You know, could have got at them a lot more and, and, and try to sneak that second goal to kill the game off totally. Mm. Lee, it wasn't a vintage performance, was it? But we didn't half miss some chances. No, it's Groundhog's Day, Mick, isn't it? Like you say, the performance was never brilliant from the off, but we were creating chances and that's where you rely on your, your forwards with Charleston and Calvert-Lewin. You've got to be taking at least one or two of them. And when you don't, ultimately, that's what happens. Um but it just feels like we've been doing our best to throw this season in the bin for weeks and months. Um, and tonight, for me, it feels like we've finally done it because there's only so many opportunities you can throw away. Like Borley's just said, that again, results have gone our way in the main this weekend. But yet yet again, we, we failed to capitalise on it. And I'm thinking exactly the same. I'm thinking 20 minutes to go, not a great performance, but knocking on the door, 1-0 up. I'm sat here thinking, OK, you know, a win's a win. But keep keep doing what we're doing, and we'll create another couple of chances. And it just baffles me as to why we feel that we're good enough, first of all, to be able to sit back and contain any Premier League side for twenty minutes. Because Mick, you made a good point off here earlier on. You know, although Palace are not the greatest side in the Premier League, they're not terrible, and they've got individuals that can hurt you. So if you're going to sit back for that, it, when you think of it, it's a quarter of the game. If you're going to sit back and invite the pressure on, they, they're going to create chances, and that's what they did. And they've come away with a point. And you're thinking, how? That that game should never have been there for Palace to get a point out of. But it, it's poor game management. It's another opportunity wasted. The referee was terrible. I, I agree with what Paulie said. I thought he was appalling on Everton's behalf. But we've only got to look at ourselves. I think you miss that amount of chances, and you sit back and you go that deep for 20 minutes you get what you deserve and I'm absolutely fuming. Like you say, we've been waiting for t- over two weeks for the game. You look forward to it all weekend. At least they haven't ruined our weekend. That's the only positive I, I can probably pull from this whole situation. But it just smacks of a, a massive wasted opportunity of a season where people have been dropping points left, right and centre and we just go ahead and throw an opportunity in the bin. Um so I don't know where we go from here. Make it, it, I'm really, really low, really, really down. Another disappointing home result for human. Mm. Kev, it's now it's now one home win in eight at Goodison Park. It's it really is Groundhog Day, isn't it? Oh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, a bad start to the week, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, I think you know the strikers have got to put their hands up and uh, take the blame for this one. Uh, Richardson could have had four. Um, you know, Calvert Lewin could have had two. You know, you, that's you know six, it, and that's you know not counting the shot he had towards the end uh, of Richardson. So, you know, the two the two lads up front have uh, got in there. They've had chances, but they've not really put them away to to put you know Palace to bed. Um, and you always know that. They're going to get a chance and uh, get back into the game, and uh, you know that's happened. Um, and you're so disappointed because I, I thought we were poor, even though we've created all them chances. I, I thought we were poor. I think possession-wise, we were shocking. We can't keep hold of the ball. We've got if you take uh, Hammers out the side, um, then there's no creativity in the midfield area whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just all very, very similar. Um, the amount of times we get it and we don't sort of try and turn to go forward and pass the ball forward we pass the ball back to to the centre-backs and the centre-backs are coming out with it they're centre-backs for a reason because they don't want to come out with it they don't want to play in there 
um, you know, the likes of Mina, the likes of Keane. Um, you could have a go at the team selection at the start of the game with um, Godfrey not playing our most consistent player, not just in the back line, but as a team player as well. He, he's been like eight nines out of tens um, for a long time now. And then, you know, we're back from international duty and he's not started. I just scratch my head sometimes with the manager's uh, selection. Um, obviously, he's seen something we're not. But I think any other manager would not get away with that. And what he's done towards the end, bringing Richarlison out onto the left-hand side rather than leaving him up front with uh, Calvert-Lewin. Um, you know, best form of defence is attack. Mm. And I, ju- I just thought it was... Uh, I say, I don't think we're good enough to actually soak up the pressure. I mean, our home record tells you that, that we're not good enough to... Uh, you know, we're, we're a bit jittery at home at this moment in time anyway, especially against the lesser teams uh, in the in the Premiership. But uh, overall, I think, like everybody else, so disappointed. Um, but we've got to try and get this monkey off our back at home. Mm. Because in recent years, it's been our fortress, you know, and it's been our pinnacle of where we get our points from. And if our away form hadn't been so good, where, where would we have been? So, yeah, I'm, I'm so, yeah, like everybody else, so, so disappointed in it that uh, can we do better? I'm not too sure we can. I honestly don't think we can. I don't think we've got the players um, to actually do better. You know, you look at the two strikers up front. Yeah, OK, they've not played bad, but they've not scored goals. But then you look on the bench and you're thinking, well, you know, we've got King. What, what have you brought King into the football club for? He's, he's not starting a game. He's not even coming on tonight. Um, Lad Broadbent, you know, he's supposed to be a striker. I highly thought of in the 23s, but you know, the, I think the lad's 23 now, 24, uh, and he's he's not getting a sniff. So I, I don't know what the thinking is at the moment. Yeah, not not good. Ben, where where do you sit with this? What Kev's just said there, you know, Carlo made his decisions, and we kind of sat back for the last 20. But Richarlison and DCL, they they missed a host of chances, didn't they? <sighs> everyone that obviously listens into the podcast this is the game that's got me the most I'm emotionally drained I feel like that was probably the biggest chance we've got this year wrap up three points under our belt and with the game in hand we had the chance to go fourth it was literally in our hands and we've blown it Nick it's, I'm absolutely gutted you, you cannot expect to win football games when your strikers are missing one-on-ones numerous chances over and over again you can't it, it, it we should have been three or four and up in the first half alone and you can say the likes of the, the guy to had a brilliant game which he did but we've said it before Calvert-Lewin in front of goal he just needs to take his time and I hate to go back to the past but if that was Lukaku on them one-on-ones you're talking two or three and up at half time game done and dusted it's when he has time to think he seems to panic and he, he can't really go round the keeper and just put it into an empty net and it's a massive opportunity missed and as the lads have said there, it does feel like Groundhog Day in these type of performances but on a positive note, it's great to see Gabamon back after nearly 600 days out. Um, great to see him get some minutes but um, I think obviously when we sacrificed James Rodriguez off the team, I don't know what shape we kind of went to. It was like the players didn't know what was going on. I felt like no one could get hold of the ball. And you know how good Hamas Rodriguez is. When he had the ball, he had all the time in the world. And he was he was getting it to feet and getting it out wide quick. And we were maintaining possession. And when he went off, we, we seemed to lose that. And like the lads have said there, you can't it was a bad substitution for me. Um and maybe the game management. And Carlo's gotta take a bit of the blame there for obviously sitting back so much. But we we performed well, I thought, overall but the result hasn't shown it. And when you don't put teams to bed like Crystal Palace with the chances we had, then you can't expect to come away with three points. And I'm not the only Evertonian who watching that game who kind of knew what was coming. When Zaha came on, um, well, came on to the left, sorry, and, and Godfrey came on for Coleman. And on a side note, Seamus Coleman, I thought was back to his best. And I absolutely superb performance from Seamus. Proper captain's performance. He got stuck in. He was up and down winning the ball. But, when Godfrey went right back, he's a centre-half, Mick. He's a centre-back. His best position is at the back. He's played there a few times at right-back and he hasn't performed as well. We've seen it against Southampton away uh, at the start of the season. And 
today. I don't think he shone, shone in glory. I think Zaha, was, when he went on to the left, got more space, more time. Jeffrey Schlupp, when he came on, seemed to have the whole of the park just to, to just dictate when he got the ball. And that moment of concentration where you need your players in the 85th, 86th minute to all understand what's going on. I just feel it was another comedy of errors. Michael Keane switches off. Godfrey switches off. The back four all over the place. And that's why he's literally just stood in a gap between the lines of the, the centre-back and the right-back, which is basic football. Just man-mark your player and just prevent him from getting the ball. Just do your job, pick up a man. And you see that game out. So I, I don't really understand what was going through their heads, but I'm absolutely gutted, Mick, um, as the lads have rightly said there. It was a massive opportunity, Mick, but we simply cannot afford to not be putting these chances away and expect to win football games. Touching mm. what Ben's just said about the game management, Lee, it, it's it's almost reminiscent reminiscent of a few seasons ago, isn't it? Where we, you know, rabbit in headlights last twenty minutes and conceding late goals. Yeah, seeing that way, Mick. Um, I remember having conversations earlier on in the season where we were all commenting, weren't we, on just how good we were at seeing games out, and uh, we've also commented on Ancelotti having a plan B and plan C, and and it all looked so bright, and um, we had a lot to look forward to. But yeah, you know, what are we afraid of? I don't, I don't understand. You know, we, we've we've alluded to this really, really poor home record, and and that's what it is. It's it's an abysmal, abysmal home record. This one win in eight, you know, th- these these games are against mid-table to lower lower half of the table uh, sides. You know, it's not against the top teams. We've really, really let ourselves down. So I don't know where this fear is coming from. Where's the trust in your in your ability and the belief? We've talked about this before. You know, the eleven on the pitch um, that that started the game for Everton today are better than the Crystal Palace eleven, no doubt. So where's the belief from from minute zero to minute 90? Not from minute zero to minute 65 or 70. Keep going. It's a 90-minute game. It's not a 65 or 70-minute game. You've got to manage this game until the end. The three points aren't there until that final whistle blows. So although, you know, Ben said, I think we we played really well. I've got to disagree with that. I don't think we played well. I thought we were effective and we were creating chances without... Looking, I thought possession-wise, we were we were awful again. It was like a hot potato. We were still creating chances, so I just don't get why we why we felt the need to change it. Is it nerves? Because if you're getting nerves at home against Crystal Palace, who were sat in twelfth with nothing to play for, the sort of like a sitting duck there for the taking. Then, God help us when we've got something to play for, we find ourselves in a semi-final or a final. So it just proves that these players they're not up to it. Like like uh, Kev's just said there. I think that this has gone on too long now for it to be a blip. You know, this is a, almost a, a half season long um, conundrum that we find out, that we're finding ourselves in. The players aren't good enough. I don't think mentally they're good enough. Um, tactically, they're not good enough. I think in possession, too many of them are weak. It is. It's only Hammers. He's the difference. And I think without Hammers, they we we, we probably lost that game because he was the one who was pulling the strings in the middle. Uh, you know, and he was leading to the chances being created. So. It's just it's frustrating me, and I don't I don't know I I just can't put my finger on why, um. But it, it comes back down to the same thing. I don't think the squad of players are good enough, and we need surgery in the summer. Mm. Bawley, where do you sit with this about game management? You know, the the players look like rabbit in headlights for the last twenty minutes. Is is that on the players, or is that more on the management side of things, trying to you know get the players to calm down and settle down? It's down to the players. Um, but it's, that's been our problem for many seasons. Um. You know, as Leeds said, the game's 90 plus now. You know, you've got to have that sort of belief, desire, do the hard yards. And as and, a, and as leaders, as a captain or a, as a centre-half, you know, the most important time is to see the games out. And, and don't lose concentration. Don't leave gaps. Make it tougher. Um, and we don't. We just seem to make it easy for the opposition time and time again. And, and we don't seem to learn whether that's the quality of the players or... They're probably just concentrating on their own jobs and not organised enough. Um, we do it in parts, but we're, we're like a Jacqueline and Hyde side. You know, sometimes we get the ball, we play some nice football, create great opportunities, but consistency for the majority of the game. You know, we lose the ball far too easy, and we put ourselves under pressure through our own faults, our own mistakes. But gives opposition sort of that belief, and you know, you think of Crystal Palace in the first half, they'd probably go in, go and well, you know, we haven't played well at all. You know, if we have a go, we can get something out of this game. 
you know, that shouldn't even been an option. With the first half, we, you know, took our chances. It should have been two or three nil minimum, and the game's basically gone. And then we can swap and change and give players some minutes to get the fitness and the match sharpness up. But when we're one nil up and our history at home against these types of teams, you know, it was a risk that uh, Carlos took, and it's it, it hasn't paid off at all. Um, but like the guys that. They're experienced players, you know, international players. There's Keen, there's Mina, and there's Godfrey. There, you know, the last like ten minutes, they're really, really important. That's where you need the the, the vocal from from your players, from your teammates to organise and and put the pressure on you and demand more from each other. Uh, I don't see that. I probably see more arguing over a free kick than I have all season about us doing the right things, being in the right areas at the right times. You know, and it's it's something that we need to learn and, and quickly. You know, we can't keep going year on year having the same problem and the same conversations over man management and over the lack of leadership uh, in this football club you know we keep on sort of seeing the light thinking we've turned a corner and then we just go you know one step forward two steps back and it's just so frustrating right now mm. Kev is, is this a mental thing now or, or is it like you said earlier you know maybe you just think the players just aren't good enough to see games out uh, I think more of a mental thing really um I think the manager, and when he makes his changes, does invite the pressure. But mentally, if you're not strong enough to deal with it, then it's not worth doing it, is it? You may as well go out all attack and try and get more goals than they're going to get. Um, although we're mi- missing a hat full tonight, but I just thought, you know, when when we sort of drop deeper and deeper, and I just couldn't see the system we were playing. You know, the, we, we seem to be playing like five at the back and instead of the three. You know, push your wing backs forward. Um, but Richarlison coming on down the left-hand side and helping Digne out. And I, I just thought that he was getting deeper and deeper. He works his socks off, but you know, we want him where he's more going to be more effective and that's up front. Um, I just look at it and there's so many things you can sort of pick at us, you know, right through the game. You know, the, the midfield for me had too many touches. Um, so that just slows the game down. And we've not got enough pace in the side. Um, you know, to just sort of burst away and, and create something just like that. Um, and that creativity has got to come from Rodriguez. He's very frustrating as a player because when you've not got the ball, he's no use, no ornament. I've seen him in the first half and I, I watched him constantly. And he was just like, it was just the ball was bypassing. He didn't know if to, to go to the ball or just drop off if there was anybody around him. But then he comes up with that little bit of magic on his right foot as well. And I think he's the only player that would have scored from that angle. Um, you know, the keeper was moving away from the ball. So he, he spotted that, just slotted it into the near post area. So that's what you've got to hope for uh, with Hammers, that you, you're going to get that little bit of quality and we get something from that little bit of quality um, when it does happen. Because he was the only one really that was pulling the strings in midfield in the second half. He was having more of the ball, he's switching play good. Um but there's so many questions that, you know, over the last few home games, you could ask uh, Carlo Angelotti, well, what was his thoughts behind that substitution? What was his thoughts about going back to that system? Um, Godfrey, who we, you know, you know, when we know that Mason Holgate has actually played down that side on the right-hand side, why didn't he move him across? I know you don't want to make too many changes when you do make substitutions, but why didn't he move into a right-wing back? Um, and then Godfrey on the left-hand side. I, I just, I say, I think Carlo at times at home has got away with a lot um, because of who he is and his past record. Uh, but, but there will come a time when he gets questioned over it um, because, you know, it's not weird. If that was Sam Allardyce, if that was Marco Silva, they'd get slaughtered. Ronald Kerman, they would get absolutely hammered for that performance um, and not winning that game. Um, but he seems to just be getting away with things at the moment. Now, sometimes I do believe that you're only as good as what the bench you've got, but, you know, I, I just, you know, like I said, Joshua King there, you know, why why isn't he why isn't he starting or playing or, or you know, why is he at the club? I just, I just don't know. I just don't know with that. You know, you've got Broadbent on there as well that hasn't been given an opportunity tonight, maybe just to freshen things up up front because you've got to think that most of these players have been away for nearly enough two weeks. And I can understand the Seamus Coleman uh, substitution. I think he played the three internationals, didn't he? And mm. um, through the period. So, you know, he's, he's going to be a bit weary. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, yeah, there's there's questions to be answered. I think no mm. doubt about that. Kev, just sticking with you, do you think Carlo Ancelotti is is maybe getting away with it because there's no fans in the stadium? Um, well, he were on about pressure before. Um, what would it be like the players if there was fans in the stadium? The pressure they're going to put on you because they wouldn't be happy with it. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think Carlo's got this little sort of uh, shield around him at this moment. But there will come a time when you know the, the the fans will be asking questions if performances keep happening. But you've got to look ahead and thinking that you know. Hopefully, if we've um, if we can deal with this fair play um, thing, that we can actually bring in a bit more quality. I mean, Gavin coming on tonight was a great to see him back, but he just he just looked a bit rusty, didn't he? Um, well, that's saying that there's quite a few players that look rusty. <laughs> but it's awful when you come back from international duty. Sometimes you know that you do feel tired. Um, you've been away. You've been out. You know, out of your usual routines, type of thing. Staying in hotels and. Uh, I didn't like it when I come back from international beauty. I must admit, even though we didn't usually have double headers, you know, you just used to have the one game. Um, you'd come back on the Saturday and because of the travelling and everything, it was you'd feel a bit weary. But these days, you know, you should be more adapted to everything with the, the sports science you've got. And, you know, they're not overeating when they go away. They're, you know, they're being monitored. They'll, they'll take, you know, their fitness um, where they are, you know, the, the data with them and uh, they'll, they'll come back uh, in the same way, you know, that they're fit and they're ready to go for the Saturday. So, but they'll still feel it because they've obviously been travelling about, um, which is, you know, it, it does tie you out that. Then, mm. I'm, I'm trying to think of, of maybe an excuse. There was no Alan, there was no Decore. Would it have been a different game with those two playing, do you think? There's absolutely no excuse whatsoever. Um Based on all that performance, we said it before, everyone said it. The missed chances are just atrocious. And I said it earlier on, you, you can't expect to win games if you're missing chances like that. And you've got people on Twitter talking now, do we need to invest in another striker in the summer? When I, I think we do. I didn't think it was a massive concern, but we've got strikers who can't finish one-on-one. Absolutely. We've got, two stri- we've got two strikers there who are instinctive clinical finishers who, when they've got time to think, don't seem to put the ball in the back of the net. And... And I'm afraid if you don't score goals, you don't win games. Um, we were free scoring um, early in the season and it just seems to have dried up. And Yeah, Alan and Decore, obviously a massive miss. But I also think, obviously, fans not being there um, hasn't helped. Imagine some the fans when Kevin Friend gave a bit of a moody reaction or decision and the play, the fans getting behind the back. It would, we would have guaranteed three points there for me if the fans were there. Um, and it's obviously still a big miss, but it's just not working. Our advantage at home, that, that home form, um, as Kev touched on before, is awful. It's probably down there one of the worst in the league. And if it wasn't for our away performances and results, then we'd, we'd be struggling. And it's just we're just so thankful to get those away performances and points under the bag so early in the season because... I can't remember our last win. It feels like months. I just feel like, besides that West Brom, when I can't remember our last win, it just feels this horrible run of form and we keep on getting these golden chances where the results go our way for the past three or four weeks and we can't capitalise on it and it's just, it, it's gone past anger for me. It's just more disappointments. I don't even get that anger. I'm just shocked and annoyed and it's just so how we can't grasp these chances that we've get, literally been given plated top four this year and we just can't take these games like they had the two chances tonight and they scored one and it's just it's not good to see it's just really bad times being Everton at the moment I feel like the whole of the listeners will be dejected and hopefully we can get a bit of get a bit of uplift this week and kick on to Brighton because now that game's absolutely massive and the, the, the game in hand against Villa Mick is, is literally it, we've got to win it we've got to win that game we just look online. I think West Ham have just gone one 0 up as well. So they're banging the mix. We we don't realise how important top seven or Europe is for this club next year. We need European football. We've missed it under, and at the moment the squad's just not good enough. We've seen it again a couple of injuries, and we're down to the bare bones. I just can't. Un- I'm what under the mindset, Mick. Obviously, if you're playing well and you're controlling the game, there's no need to change it. Don't change someone that's working, and. I think Carlo got it wrong changing um, the team tonight and 
Hammers didn't look like he was tired tonight. He didn't look like he needed to come off. And he was the only one that was getting hold of the ball and maintaining possession. And as Kev rightly touched on before, when Godfrey went to right back, we could have easily put Holgate there and swapped them round because Godfrey was, has been obviously unbelievable this season at centre-half and at left-back, but he got exposed on the right quite a bit by Zaha. And obviously Zaha's a very tricky, very good player, but I felt like all the attacks were coming down that side. They were targeting him. So you'd either leave Coleman on or you put Holgate there just to like see it out because he got drawn out of possession because we were playing five at the back inevitably and he was getting drawn out and the gaps were appearing then and Michael Keane got drawn out by Jeffrey Slup and that's why Batshuayi had the, literally a walk of the net and we can't shy away from Robin Olsen. Um, his positioning as well wasn't great. I, I don't understand why he's come out for that to be honest. Such a tight angle. You just need to stay on your line and hopefully you're centred off covering. So, it was just a comedy of errors, Mick. And it's we can't put that performance down to injuries in answer to your question because we should have won that game comfortably. The chances were there. And I, if we, we were talking on this podcast and it would have been 4 or 5-1, I wouldn't have like called you mad because it really could have been 4 or 5-1. And if we had the players there who were going to put the ball in the back of the net, so for example, Lukaku, we would be coming here to celebrating a victory with celebrating Gabamon being back from 600 days when really we're here quite disappointed, upset with raw emotion. Um, we're, we're not happy at all, are we? None of us are happy. And it's, I know Lee said it's ruined our weekend. It's ruined my week now. Like the whole week is just, I'll be gutted for the next few days and it's trying to get yourself back up for the Brighton game and we've got to start all over again. But it's just another missed opportunity for me, Mick, and I'm just dejected with it all and just mm. fed up, to be honest. But oh well, we uh, move on to Brighton, eh? Mm. Boy, it's strange, isn't it? Because, just touching what Ben's just said there, I, I actually didn't think we were in control of the game at any point. I know we missed some chances, but I always thought Palace at times looked likely to score. Yeah, well that, that's Crystal Palace all over. They've got good forward-thinking players, the tricky on the ball, good individuals, so they can hurt any team on the day if they get given time and space. And that's what we gave them the last 15, 20 minutes. We gave them time and space and, and they can go and do... Their, their, their magic in, in our final third you know when we got the ball and played played through the lines we, we created some good chat obviously great chances to score but we played through Palace quite easily at times but we never popped the question over and over again we took the easy option by passing sideways and too many touches in midfield when we passed it quick we broke them down and the midfield we go we created our chances the strikers let us down never put it in the net but the defenders have got to look at themselves and the goalkeeper that you know they conceded a goal. It's it's not really rocket science. And if you if you're creating opportunities as midfielders, keep creating them, keep doing it time and time again. Obviously, Hamez come off around about the 80 minute mark. But who's going to step up to the plate? You know, we, we know what Hamez, you know, his fitness, he's, he's always getting dragged off around about the 70 mark. Who in the midfield is going to go well, when he's off? I'm going to be the guy who is Sigerson going to step up and start creating more chances and getting in the right areas, being more brave. There was times there near the last five minutes where yeah, I, I wouldn't say players were hiding, but I didn't see them very keen to go and get the ball and get the ball with the scuff of the neck and and create opportunities. They were sort of just going through the motions, thinking they knew what was going to happen. Um, and I don't like that mentality. You know, you, you, you conceded a goal. Okay, it happens. And when you don't create your chances, it happens. But then go down fighting, create another chance, create, keep creating more and more opportunities. The last five or ten minutes, we're still passing the ball around like possession, training, football, put it in the box, make it up, make it ugly. You know, when you've got Calvert-Lewin there with his leap, you know, use it as an option. We never, we just kept on, you know, passing backwards and sideways and trying to hope for the perfect, perfect goal, which it, sometimes it doesn't happen. Your game plan's got to change. You know, the, the guys have touched on, on Carlo's game plan, and I think he had the game plan from the start, but no matter how the scoreline is, you know, he's going to bring Hammers off at a certain time and, and get Godfrey on at a certain time. And I feel we're just we're not good enough to do that. You know, the, the result proves that we need, you know, if we, we need to make them substitutions when we're, when we're three or four nil up and it's comfortable. And then you get the lads to get a, get a game time with a, a match rhythm. But I just felt that when the substitutions got made, you know, we didn't know what we were doing at all. Um, majority of the game, yeah, it was it was up and down, but I felt that we were we were the better side, we were creating uh, chances, but but wide open. I think the midfield is far too weak. We are missing Alan. We are missing the core, right? the legs in the midfield. You know, but you've got to get on with it. 
And that's what he wanted to bring to Everton Football Club. And we've got to try and attract these types of players. It's going to be very expensive. It's going to be very difficult. Everyone's got money nowadays. But, you know, the players over there now, they've got to fight for the futures. And they've got they had a chance now the last 10 games of the season to prove a point to everybody, to put that monkey off our back at Goodison. And once again, they, they failed to do so. Lee, is this the game where we can finally say top four is now beyond us? Oh, yeah. Mick, it's too competitive up there. As we speak, West Ham are putting in a really, really hard-fought quality 2-0. They're 2-0 up at Wolves. And that that's a team who, who have got an incentive in front of them, European football, and they're going about it the right way. We talked on the last podcast about the opportunity and how we wanted Everton to go about it, and it's just it's just not happening. Um, and I, and I fear for us, you know, what happens if we don't get Europa League minimum? You know, where does this squad go? You know, are, are we going to lose players? You know, what type of players are we going to be able to attract? Top four certainly gone for me. Uh, there's just too many teams who are either in form or coming coming into form, and then. As for Everton, we just we just can't put a run of results together. Our home record just isn't good enough for top four. We haven't deserved top four, let's be honest. I know we're all Evertonians here, you know, and we sometimes we could be accused of having the old blue tinted spectacles on, but not not now. You know, you, you'd look pretty daft if you were to sit here and say Everton deserved top four, but because we don't, you can't have a record of you know. I don't know even. Like Ben's just said earlier on, I can't remember our last win at home. It, it, South, it's, well, one win, it's one win in eight, Lee. One, one win in eight, yeah, Southampton, it was. But other than that, you're looking back to the um, the couple of games before Christmas when there was 2,000 fans allowed in the stadium. That's how bad it is. So now we're in, we're in a real dogfight to get top seven. And that's, that's, you know, even if top seven is good enough, ultimately for European football. So if we are going to get top seven, there's going to have to be a massive shift in mindset and performance because as it, if we keep going on, on this track that, that we are now, we ain't going to get there, and we're going to we're going to be sat here in May, hugely, hugely dejected, and frustrated. Um, let's hope, you know, because you've got to have hope. Let's hope that the, you know, that they find a way of of turning this round a little bit. But you know, you look at the next game, Brighton, Brighton, Brighton look a decent side. You know, there's certainly no pushover. That's that's a, a really, really tough game. And if we and if we, you know, if we put on a, a display of finishing like we have tonight, then you know we're probably not going to come away with three points in that game. So, a lot of work to be done, a lot of soul searching. But this squad, they're letting themselves down ultimately. Mm. Kev, what are your thoughts on, on on the league table now? I mean, we are currently sitting in eighth. Do you think we're in a battle to to finish seventh? Yeah. Um... I all thought all, I thought it was going to be a tall order finishing the top four. Um, I think best would have been top five, but now you know we're in a battle to finish in the top seven. Um, disappointing because you know what that means come the end of the year that you know will the will the better players you know want to see European football? Um, so what will they do? Will they wait and find out what we're going to be bringing in? Um, only worry then is that we don't bring anybody in because you know obviously it's, it limits you what what you can go out and get and um, who'll want to come to the club but it's what we're going to be keeping because the ones that we're going to be keeping have, have proved that they're not mentally strong enough and, and good enough for Everton Football Club so you know there's, there's big things if we don't get in that top seven get the European the European spot even um, yeah, I just we seem to be battling against it every year, don't we? Mm. Um, but uh, you know, you look at Calvert Lewin, you look at you know Richarlison, Decore, and Allen, and, and people like that. Then yeah, they're, they're going to be sort of wanting to seek European football. And you know, you, you could have a you could have a negative about every player in the squad. There's no doubt about that. Any time, you know, and even Rodriguez, you know, you could, you could, as as good as a player is, I've never seen a player so happy to come off. Every time he comes off, he's not unhappy. He, he's not disappointed. Um, so we have got a little bit of a luxury, but you know, 
you know, are we good enough to have that luxury in our team at the moment? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if he's pulling out stops like he did tonight, and I thought looking in the second half, he was getting more and more of the ball. Um, that he, he was, you know, uh, being a use to us. But as soon as he went off, that was it. But we seemed to have nobody. I mean, he passed the ball into, um, I think it was Tom Davis in midfield. And I don't think Tom was expecting it. So, you know, the players around him, are not on the same wavelength as him. Um, you know, the, the last thing I want to see is Hamis uh, dropping deeper and deeper to get the ball because, it, you know, he does make mistakes. I think he give a ball away in the first half. Um, and that's mainly because the options are not there. You know, the, the, I'm not saying players are hiding, but you know, maybe they're not quite at his wavelength and mindset that, you know, you want the ball in uh, tight areas and, you know, difficult areas of the pitch. Um, but you've got to be confident enough to receive the ball and, you know, open your body up and uh, and have a look. Have a look what's around you. Have a look what's on before you're receiving the ball, not when you get the ball. Uh, and have an extra touch. I think you know, that's that's a problem with us in midfield. You know, we're having too many touches. Slows the play time too much at all, all the time. Mm. Borley, I'm just looking at the league table now and I, and I look at our goal difference and it's only plus three. You know, you have Liverpool on plus 15, Tottenham on plus 19, Chelsea on plus 16. And, and that's the difference, isn't it? We, I know we create a lot of chances tonight, but we just don't score enough, do we? No, we, obviously we don't. But I don't think we, besides tonight, we don't normally create a lot either. Um, you know, I think we were up there being the most clinical side in Europe at one point because we were only making one or two uh, opportunities and you know Dominic Overcharleston was putting it in the net with a with a one touch and we were managing the games early on the season and um so it starts at the midfielders and obviously Hamas is the main guy every time he gets the ball you can see the forward players on the move because they know they'll find him if they if they got space but when everyone else receives the ball I, I, I see there's lack of movements up front there's not many options um and it's because the players I think the first thought is just to find an easy pass backwards and sideways. So the forward guys don't make their moves. When Hamez receives the ball, he's he's free, he's in space and he's heads up. So the, the, the three guys in front of him are making dart and runs and you know he's got the quality to find them. So we need to start creating opportunities more. You know, if you're the winger, put crosses in, you know, keep getting down the line and, and putting crosses in. It's, it might sound old fashioned, but that's your job. You know, defenders' opportunities. Well, I'm going to stop my man and give the ball to the midfield, and your job is going to create. And there's not many. We haven't got many players in the midfield who's creating enough uh, chances for for the forward guys tonight. Yet yeah, we they did create, and we just didn't have the quality to, to to put it in the net, unfortunately. But you know, it's probably is <laughs> it lack of practice? But you know, it's just it's it just really baffles me at times the way we go about things. Um, you know, we sometimes we just feel like we're too good at times and. We're not good enough yet. We're not at that level. And I think Kev's spot on. I think Hammers see things that other players can't. And, and when it's not on, he's trying to do a little one-two with his teammates and, and they're not ready for it. You know, they're, they're slowing the game down or they, they lose possession and they're on the back foot uh, and we're stretched open. Um, and it's going to be, it's, it's, it's a massive week for us. I think there's going to, God, that this result could be a massive confidence boost, um, killer for the players. You know, I think they thought they'll come to Goodison, they'll win the game against Palace and they, you know, they're going to fight. You know, all the sound bites before the game, they're going to fight now to the last 10 games of the season. And, you know, that, that last goal, you know, the confidence is Carlo's got to, we have to show his management skills of getting the lads up for it, show, get, getting the belief back into the lads and that desire to go and, and, and prove the point that they are good enough. But, you know, can he? You know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a big question, you know, and I, I think the, fails, the, 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 sorry, the players will be very, very low tonight. And they've got to just dust themselves off once again this this time this season to to go to Brighton and get and get results. You know, we know Brighton play good football. They just haven't got that quality to put it in the net. But you know, guess who they're playing next? It's us. You know, it's, it always seems to be giving teams a, an opportunity every time, and, that, and that's the, that's what we don't want. You know, we say it as blues as a, as a half joke, but it seems to to come through every time teams are struggling. We leave the door open and give them an opportunity to to get their sort of form turn around and. You've got to be a bit more nasty. Um, and I don't really care how you win football games, to be honest. I just want the three points in the bag. Mm. Uh, Kevin Borley, I'm going to ask you the same question. Or Kev, I'll start with you first. Do you feel that this this 11 accept draws and defeats too easily? I mean, you both won titles. You both won many, many matches. 
do you think that we just we just happily accept a draw, we accept a defeat, and there's not that winning mentality in the club still? I hope they feel like I do, that we've lost the game. Because that's how it feels tonight. I feel as if we lost that game. We haven't got anything from it whatsoever. Um, although we've created six or seven chances, we've drawn the game. Um, it feels like a loss and uh, I'm hoping that they do. Um, it, it's very hard to tell these days, isn't it, what uh, players are like after because there's, there's, a, there's a bigger wall and they're in a bigger bubble than what they've ever been the players these days. So you never really get to know um, you know what, what, what the feelings are, um, but I'd like to think they were. They were hurting, um, but you know, like every everything, there'll be one or two that aren't. There will be, you know, a, a few that are. Um, but uh, I, I really hope they are. Because the manager's hurting. Um, you know, Duncan will be uh, hurting. He, he'll he'll be gutted about that result tonight, having to. You know, endure that last 20 minutes um, and thinking it, it's going to come sooner or later that, you know, they're going to get a goal against us. And uh, inevitably it happened, didn't it? Like, I think I was listening to, you know, what Paulie was saying before, you know, we we have got to create more goal uh, chances from midfield uh, because the only chances we create are the forwards creating themselves um, or the wide players. I think Seamus Coleman um, created two or three tonight. Um, by putting crosses in, little ball down the side. So, uh, yeah, they've got to look at themselves in in every area. But, you know, the back, could they have done better? Uh, midfield, can you do better? Strikers know they can do better because they, they've had golden opportunities to put the, the, the game to bed tonight and it, it hasn't been done. Mm. Bowley, do you feel like the this set of players accept defeats and and draws too easily and they're happily, you know, it doesn't bother them, shall we say? I think they, I think they feel it. I think over the a numerous years, especially with Seamus, Seamus has come out, um, you know, and stuck them on the teammates a few times. They're saying it's not good enough for Everton Football Club. And I think there's a few, you know, in the changing room after the game, you know, will have a few words to say and, and say to each other it's not good enough. What I don't like is where's the agency on the pitch? to let it happen you know you can always have a moan afterwards you can always point fingers afterwards you know and and get out your rage to see your teammates but it's not working because we've been doing it for the numerous seasons do it on the pitch show your anger on the pitch show that desire and that energy on the pitch so you don't come off with a draw or you don't lose the game and that's where you see it you know the public and we're watching from the TV at the moment in time but you know I don't see it I don't see it on the pitch. I think behind closed doors, they'll have a few a few ways to, to say, but then the manager will come in and go, look, the game's gone now. There's nothing we can do besides prove it next game. You know, just dust yourself down and then let's let's right the wrongs next week. But, you know, we've been saying this for a numerous of seasons now. Um, and I just like to see it on the pitch a bit more. I like to see us pushing each other, you know, a bit more anger on the pitch, that agency, that desire that we want to see on the pitch to go and win football games. Uh, we, we just seem to make it easy for the opposition and, and play easy football uh, at the wrong times. Um, and that's what really frustrates me. It's just I don't really see it on the pitch from the players. Afterwards, I've heard the sound bites for, for the numerous seasons, but not on the pitch. I'm not seeing it. Ben, mm. one positive tonight was, was JP Gabamin uh, coming on as a substitute. It was great to see him back, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. said earlier. Probably the only positive out tonight seeing the big man uh, back on the pitch, and he, he is a man mountain, isn't he? So so good to see. It. Just I just feel a bit sorry for him. Um, just seeing obviously the Everton official Twitter post, and just put a big post out about him saying welcome back. And I just don't think it was the right time. I think there's a there's a lot of upset Everton fans at the moment, but it's so good to see him out there on the pitch, isn't it? Um, I feel like we've missed him. Um, he's a big big physical presence who likes to get stuck in. Um, I just hope he comes back with a real purpose now, obviously being out for so long. Um, he needs that run of games. And it just makes you think that Ancelotti just make that substitution to get him out there for the minutes. I don't know. It's it's just such a difficult one. It's just a bad circumstances now, Mick, isn't it? Getting back into it and to talk about him. But no, absolutely made up for him. Um, I think it's 597 days he's been out with our first team football, with not being in the squad. And that's a long time and a few Everton fans have gave up hope on him but he's back he's worked very hard you look at the comments from his uh, 
his physio that he's been using over in France, and he was saying that he's a he's a machine. He's he's very focused, got loads of willpower, and a very happy demeanour. Um, and he's just glad to be back playing for Everton Football Club. So, no, welcome back, Gabamon. Uh, made up your back. Hopefully, he can prove to be pivotal in this running now because. We need him. We need the players. I don't know what's going on with Alan. He's clearly picked up another knock. Um, I think I think Davis might have been running on a bit of a knock. I know he missed the England under 23s game, but he didn't look 100% for me tonight either. Um, so he's going to be massive. Hopefully he can get up to match fitness. And obviously the difference between physical exercise and match fitness is massive. And I'll be first 11 side game on Sunday. I can't move now. And I'm not saying I'm a pro at any level, but it's massive the difference from just running everywhere to playing on a football pitch. So hopefully he gets some minutes under his belt and gets up to match fitness and really kicks on now. So no, absolutely made up to have him back, Mish. Mm. Guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. Kev Bawley, Lee Ben, thanks for joining us as always. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week with a pre-match podcast on Brighton, which is on Monday night. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and all the very best. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.